Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Dynamite Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, pay-per-views, we have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz of of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet to look ahead to Dynamite tonight. Michael Sidgwick rather busy on a certain book of his. Um, but nevertheless, Dynamite tonight, we are recording this on Friday, so if something's happened on Rampage, <laughs> leading to Dynamite, we're not going to be mentioning it here. But nevertheless, a, a hell of a card to look forward to. A couple of matches in that AEW uh, title eliminator tournament to look forward to. But let's start with the trilogy fight between Malachi Black and Cody Rhodes, because this is fascinating. Black's 2-0, and oh, mm. and I can't see him losing again. And this Cody Rhodes character, we haven't really had a chance to hear from you a lot about this weird journey he's been on with Armed Anderson and burning suits and then weird sort of training sessions in his gym. And we don't really know, you know, I know there's no heel babyface definitive things when it comes to Cody, particularly because he comes out through the middle entrance that's just his. But how do you see this playing out tonight? Well, I appreciate the opportunity here to indulge myself a little bit in a bit of AEW conversation because I've really missed it with you guys. Yeah, And I, to, in truth, I've missed too much of the product. So I've been spending a lot of time since come back to her catching up and getting all caught up on all the programs. And this is one for the long-standing listeners amongst our wonderful community of listeners because I can hate this Cody Rhodes story. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I was the... And, and here's the thing, right? I say that about the long-standing listeners thing because anyone that's been listening to us for a long time, it's really kind of them. Whenever Cody does a very Cody thing... I know it's happened before I've seen it because I can see a big number against my and like on my notifications yeah, on yeah, Twitter. Yeah. And I'm not a popular guy. And I'm thinking, oh, Cody's done a thing. <laughs> and like I, I didn't love being this guy that was there to like the official opinion have it on Cody Rhodes. I, for a long period, I just didn't like his shtick. I didn't like his work. I didn't like I, I did like his work. I didn't like his act very mm-hmm. much. I yeah. didn't feel it as a baby face. I completely came around on it in 2020. He was one of the beaten hearts of this beautiful. AEW product in a time where everything else was awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. AEW was great. Cody was such a great part of it. Um, so all those old feelings are gone. However, Cody is such a um, schizophrenic presence in AEW that you are always around the corner from something awesome while on the road of something absolutely awful. <laughs> what I mean by that is, take the Penta match. 
out of nowhere, Cody versus Penta at like two weeks' notice with this fire promo that basically introduces, introduces Alex Abrahantas into the AW universe, suddenly presents Penta as a killer all over again, like that. And then you get a match the following week, and Cody no-sells the armbreaker and pins him. Like, the weirdest thing, right? Cody's working an angle with Shaq, and the story is hideous. Minging television follows Minging television follows Minging television. And the match is an absolute banger. Probably one of my favourite AEW matches ever. Yeah. Especially awesome because it was in the empty arena. Everybody felt that. It, like an immense buzz generated by this fantastic match. Shaq disappeared from an ambulance <laughs> and nobody cares because it was so much fun. And it was like such a general performance from Cody. Cody was like, I know people hate the Triple H comparison, but the comparison was fair if you compare Triple H to Ronda's debut. Yeah, absolutely. He was a general that night in a very similar setup, in a very similar match. The whole thing was wonderful. So we're back again. In one night, a factory civil war is established by them absolutely battering Cody out. Nobody saw any of that coming. Like, it was always this case, like, oh, these these jabroni losers from his gym are on TV again. And all of a sudden, it's splitting up. Like, the and reason like, they... Shotty Lee Johnson, you think, oh, I just forgot to mention QT Marshall. That's a bit of a bad promo there. Why has Cody got 50 guys in? This is really weird. Oh, it turns out it's because they're going to cut yeah. the whole thing in half. Really, really awesome. And the power of a go-go's punch is set up as this death blow. Beats him in a really bland pay-per-view match. Where like, they built it is like, America! I, and like, I love, love Anthony Agogo. Like, I think there is so much, um, like, crazy. And like, this is patronizing. The guy's an Olympic boxer. He could take all of our faces off in one punch. Like, but the raw rookie potential that that guy radiates is, I think, some of the most exciting in all of professional wrestling. And I just think they got that match. It felt like they got that match yeah. wrong. You know, when, they, it, when it comes to Anthony Agogo, would you say something along the lines of, Hey, hey, hey! Hey, you are right. <laughs> oh, my God. I would, and then I would expect him to knock me out, and I deserve it. Um, and knock you out, too, for pressing that button in the middle of this speech. Um, I guarantee he's going to be in the DMs later going, love the soundboard. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just thought, it just didn't feel right on the night, and the America-UK stuff was yeah. weird and that. This is Cody now. This is Thankfully, Cody ended racism, though, there. So that's, Wait, <laughs> so that's that fixed. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I mean. It's such a, he tries everything, and not all of it can work, yeah. right? That's the long way of me saying, I hate what he's trying with Arn Anderson. <laughs> I was the low guy in the Glock stuff, but I know people loved it and funny and fair enough. Like, I'll, I'll just take the L on that one. What's going on with the burning, like, literal dumpster fire outside Cody's house? Like, yeah, I didn't hot really, trash. I right? didn't really get that. And I also don't really understand. <laughs> like, it was like, Black squashes Cody. Yeah. Cody comes back. Black beats him again. To subvert the idea that Cody wins in the end. Yeah, and really you go, cool, okay, right? that's done. And they're like... Damn a trilogy. Yeah. This is like Fury Wilder if Fury won the first fight. Yeah. It'd be like, well, why are they having a third <laughs> why are we going to... The thing is, though, and this is where I want to be fair, and I want to appeal to people that still think that I'm some sort of, like, like anti-Cody, like, defence league or something. Um, The story is blatantly going somewhere. Yes. I just don't know where, and I don't like watching it. I like, said, yeah, we're going to be sitting here on Monday and saying, oh, it's genius, I would never saw that yeah. coming, but it's right now we're in that weird spot, aren't we? Black's beating him. There's no way this goes to... How lame is it if it goes 2-1? Like, that's the worst case. Black's winning, again, three now. This, if it was... I said after the last match, this is perfect. Separate uh, Malachi Black and turn him babyface because people love this act, people love this guy. You don't need to even turn him overtly. You just position him against a heel instead of a babyface. He's just beaten Dante Martin. Yeah, and gave him the little nod at the end. Nod of respect. Martin is associated with uh, Matt Hardy. Sorry, Leo Rush. Um, so he's now like kind of associated with a heel. 
who Malachi Black could be positioned against yeah. in another banger. And that's oh. your, that's your babyface turn, isn't it? He's, he's Black Master heel instead of a babyface. Yeah. And you can just cheer. The fans can cheer him as they have been doing without the kind of slight narrative guilt because that's not quite the story. Mm-hmm. So he beats Cody on Dynamite. Surely beats him on the show. And show me, Cody, on whoever, show me what you're doing because I believe so much in the end product without having a fucking clue what it is. <laughs> because that in-ring... I, I was with Cody. What the hell are we doing here, Arn? I was like, I, I agree. You've just bitten down on a beetroot or whatever it is to look like you've got a bloody mouth. Um, what are we doing here? This is rubbish. And I, But I've got so much faith in the outcome out of... See, this is it. I'm not biased against Cody because that's loyalty to him. Yeah. But I, I don't like it. Yeah, I'm not of a fan of where it's gone recently. I will say that. But like you say, I can't look away. I want to see what they do next um, with, like, and the fact they've got this spectre of a double turn, which can't happen because there's no definitive babyface heel thing with Cody. Maybe it's just the greatest attraction piece in wrestling history because not in four weeks, nobody's once spoken about how funny it was when Al Anderson fell on his... Fell flat on his ass. Nobody's mentioned that once because every like we've gone in this crazy direction. So maybe it's just this the best ever tap on the shoulder, look the other way story mm-hmm. in wrestling history. It's just it's, it's a surreal trilogy, and yeah, mm-hmm. we're hopefully going to get a satisfying conclusion to it tonight on Dynamite. Uh, we're going to look ahead in a minute to the uh, championship tournament eliminated thing and uh, some of those matches. But first, let's deal with sort of fallout of what's happened recently on AEW. Uh, starting with CM Punk, what's next for him? Look in my legs, what do you see? No material on my jeans. Because <laughs> I'm rubbing my thighs every time that man appears on television. This is my favourite thing in wrestling in 2021. He's my favourite guy. I'm getting heart eyes. Adam Nicholas of this parish, wonderful man that he is, acknowledged something about me that I didn't realise myself. He said to me, I didn't know this about you, but CM Punk's on your Rushmore, isn't he? And I was like, I didn't know this about me, but CM Punk's on my Rushmore. I'm swooning for him. <laughs> <laughs> Brett's back and he's back here dressed as CM Punk and it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I am an advocate and I will not change my stance on this that if the town is new, the town are going to want their night with CM Punk. So you do this. You ride this out as long as possible. I know there is a certain dissenting energy to the like happy, smiley Phil coming out and having his, having his time with the audience, just being so pleased to be back in amongst all this. But that doesn't taking into account the fans that just want their own United Centre night with CM Punk. If he was in Newcastle tonight, yes. we'd want to be part of that, wouldn't we? We'd want to have our own Chicago comeback with him. So I love it. I love it every week. I cannot get enough of it. And what's really awesome about it is that the whole point of this CM Punk run, as... Am I going to blow smoke up my own ass? As some of us felt was going to be the case in the very beginning, was that it's this lo- it's a seven-year comeback. Mm. It's not going back at the top of the card. It's not making hay while the sun shines. It's a guy that's in it for the long haul. You've got about two or three years of CM Punk as a babyface, and then two or three years of him mm. as a heel. Yeah. It's absolutely captivating the different combinations of matches you can have. And as we saw with the Powerhouse Hobbs match, CM Punk is not a guy who gets... I'll use a different example first. The Matt Seidel match was awesome from the CM Punk side, which is, he's an old friend, I need to see if I've still got it, while Matt Seidel was involved in a storyline with Leo Rush. It wasn't... CM Punk didn't burst into shot backstage and be like, I'll take that match and I'll see you on round because it wouldn't feel real. No. CM Punk is the guy cutting a very real human being promo saying, I'm just glad to be back and I want a respect fight with Matt Seidel and I, I need to know what mm-hmm. I can do. And he had it. So, like, that's how you involve CM Punk in other people's daft stories. CM Punk gets pulled into an angle when somebody tries to ruin his night. 
Team Taz yes. are such a bunch of miserable bastards that they want to spoil CM Punk's party. That made perfect logical sense. You now need to find somebody else that wants to kind of piss on his chips a little bit. You know, CM Punk comes out, he just talks about being great with the crowd, or he does his commentary, and a heel knows all it will take. I'll tell you what would be a great one, because everybody is really keen to get CM Punk versus um, MJF, mm-hmm. and that seems to be going via that notepad image of CM Punk versus Wardlow, did it not? Yeah. I'm going to propose to you that CM Punk's no-selling of FTR, dresses as Toxic Turtles, was a work, and FTR are going to be pretty pissed off that CM Punk was so cocky last week when he just said, oh, come on, guys, it's FTR. Mm. And that is how you get to CM Punk in the pinnacle. So it takes two, just like Team Taz, it takes a couple of grumpy heels for to say, like, they don't even need to make a big deal about it. You've got the pinnacle cutting a promo, or you've got FTR with the belts saying, uh, oh, and we know that, like, everybody thought that we were really cocky, that, that, you know, we were in the outfits last week. We heard what you said, Punk. That All it would take is that. Where do you go next? You go to CM Punk versus Sean Spears. Oh! This guy who is in, like, this pretty cool career form in this pretty awesome stable, but is there for Punk to beat, to set up Wardlow beating Punk down, and then you've got your full gear match. I really like that because we're, what, two weeks away from full gear? It's it's not that far. So if Tony Khan's... Three weeks. Three weeks away. And, like, it's a pretty cool way to get to MJF, isn't it? And it's a pretty interesting pay-per-view match without it. It's, It's got stakes and it's not because the match... It's kind of on an island, but it's all about the peripheral players, isn't it? Yeah, see, I just completely disregarded that Tony Khan notepad because I think he's a, he's a little sneaky little bastard. So, you think that was a work? Yeah, I don't, think you take, I don't think you take that to a Jacksonville Jaguars game, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. And I, don't, I think you know what's written on a piece of paper that you just stood in front of cameras with. So, instead of that, I was just automatically assuming that things aren't finished with Team Taz. I know you got Powerhouse Hobbs, yeah. you've got him in the Eliminated Tournament. And Punk's not in it, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. You can't have both him and Danielson in that tournament, or Cole, or anything like that. Why not just start this uh, three-step process to Ricky Starks at the pay-per-view? Fair enough. I, that's a pay-per-view-worthy match, and it's Starks versus Punk. It is, you know, and I, I'll be honest, I felt like I was done with that, because it feels like AEW were done with that. There hasn't been much mention of Team Taz, has there, beyond... Once he's beaten Powerhouse Hobbs, it's been a bit... It's been backburnered. Ricky Starks is really fun on commentary, and they could probably do something with that. Like Ricky Starks saying, like, I'm better than you at everything. Like, he could say, I'm better I'm better than you on that microphone, in that ring, even on commentary, nobody can touch me. <laughs> and there's a yes. little pipe bomb nod, and you get that match. Um, but I've got to go back to my own fantasy booking, because what about on the go-home rampage? If you do, and again, MJF is intentionally nowhere near this, but look what he's got at full gear. He's got Derby on, hasn't he? What about Wardlow and FTR versus... Sting, Derby, and Punk as the rampage <laughs> six as trios main event. And Drink, drinking game, yeah, yeah, obviously. And uh, and MJF is conspicuous by his absence at ringside. A because he's scared of Derby Allen. B because you don't yet want to invite that first MJF Punk coming mm. together. You, you hold on to that, but you know it's coming soon. Uh, speaking out about what's next for people, we know what is next for Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, a uh, AW Championship match at full gear, the final culmination of this excellent weaving storyline. Do you think Omega potentially responds to Hangman Page's epic promo tonight? I hope so. I I love I love the multitude of ways you can tell this story because of everything that has come before it. Um, some 
there's some threads out there that have got some great fundamentals, <laughs> but you can just listen to our archive of podcasts for them as well. Um, there are a million little details that have existed from the very genesis of this organization. Um, you could do Kenny Omega holding a press conference, just like that very first one in Jacksonville where Hangman Page promised to be the first AEW champion and he failed. Mm. So you could have Kenny Omega relive all of Hangman's failures, but show how he's been the successful one because that would be a rewriting of his own history. They came together because he was losing too, but he can pretend that, you know, that's... I was always... like Because at this point, he's kind of panicking, you know, that, like, Hangman's got his number, that he's been avoiding this challenge all along, but he's got to be all about false confidence. He's got to be about all about bluster. You know, he's, the whole thing is, is that he, in his mind, he's done with Brian Danielson because he drew against him. He couldn't <laughs> even beat him. In his mind, Adam Cole is not a threat because he's his friend, but we know what's going on there. And obviously, Hangman Page was the third guy, and here we are. Um, do you know who I want to talk about? Go on. Sonny Kiss. Do you remember the Eliminator tournament? The I night do. that everything changed. Kenny Omega. That meme that face. That meme face. For the, fir the first time ever, Kenny Omega realized that there was a bonus hard camera between the middle and the bottom rope where if you stare through that and the rope divides your face, you look even more sort of <laughs> arrogant and obnoxious than ever before. He sat there doing that mean face, and then he picked Sonny Kiss up. I'm not a bad guy. Good match, good match, good match. That was in the tournament with which he advanced to the final to beat Hangman Page. What about if, as we always said, this is going to matter one day, Sonny Kiss uh, becomes the guy that Kenny Omega wants to face for the AEW title instead of Hangman <laughs> Page. He's like, yeah, cool idea. Well done, Joker. Getting a shortcut. I want to I wanna take on a guy that is more deserving. I want to take on a guy that's been doing the reps, not taking the shortcut. Sonny Kiss, get on out here. And everybody knows what's happening. And then Sonny Kiss gives Kenny Omega the match of his life. <laughs> and there's this like, Kenny Omega is trying to build what he believes is a nothing barrier on the way to Hangman Page. We've pitched Marco Stunt doing the exact yep, same yep, thing. Yep. Basically, Kenny Omega has to acknowledge that Hangman Page is the number one contender, has to acknowledge that this match is going to happen, but says, uh, you might be the number one contender, but you're not the first one in line. Sonny Kiss, Marco Stunt, all these people we know he's just going to V-trigger his way through as a way to restore that false confidence. All these people that have existed as ancillary chapters of this legendary story, have him doing things like that to try and show Hangman Page that he's not worried and he, like, because Hangman Page's promo was so incredible. We are going to be talking about that promo 10 years from now. But the one thing he didn't do was promise that he could win. Yes. Because as much as he's fueled by piss, vinegar, booze, and cowboy sh there is that 1% of doubt, and it's still in his mind, and he didn't promise it because he's not the guy that can. And I love that detail so much. Yeah, for me, that's what Kenny Omega and Don Callis and the Elite have to sort of lean on, just constantly being that reminder of you ain't won anything yet mm. you know the only thing you've won you won because of me those tag titles that was my work really it just takes all credit for it and yeah I, I just lean on that thing because we know he's let's say fragile I think you can have a great promo combining Omega and Callis' abilities on the mic uh, and the hype men that they've got around them of course of just saying like yeah, blood, sweat, and tears, and you've gone away, and you've had a kid, and now you're all better now. Really? Are yeah. you are you telling the fans that? Are you telling yourself that? Because when it comes to Hangman Page being back and better than ever, that's not cowboy sh. That's cowboy bullshit. Oh, very good, very good. I, I, I mean, I can't touch that really. I because I was going to add there is one other missing ingredient of this story that Kenny Omega has very quietly been telling for months, which again. 
listen to the What Coach podcast. We've been there for you. He is starting to doubt the power of the one-winged angel. Is he not? Mm-hmm. It's been a, it's been a young book supported one. It's been one through chairs. It's super one he hit super on, one, uh, yeah. on uh, Christian Cage. He is worried about the power of the one-winged angel, but he knows it's beaten Hangman Page in the past. Doing that to Sonny Kiss yet again. Doing that to Marco Stunt because he hates him. Whatever. You've got a couple of weeks to put over the fact that that has beaten Hangman Page before. Moreover, it's beaten everybody before with one glaring exception. Shout out to Kota Ibushi, by the way. Get well soon. Oh, like, yeah. um, but that I feel should be now should now come to the front rather than existing. It's okay for it to have been a subtlety all this time, but in my opinion, if Page is beating Omega and you've not really talked about the One Winged Angel, I don't think Omega hits it. Mm. I know people are big into the kick out. I actually think you save that. I'd, I'd like I'd, I'd, Omega is trying, and instead, it, you go back to Omega Ricardo one. It's all about the counter rather than the kick out. Mm. So if if it's not going to be part of the story now, don't expect the kick out of the pay per view. Hangman Page beats him by avoiding it because there's your hook for a rematch. I would have beaten you if I'd hit it. Rematch in a year's time, oh. you know, like that. <laughs> don't don't give it all away because you just don't need to. Everyone yeah. else is there for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com Slash what culture? Well, let's look a little bit now about the uh, AW Championship Eliminator Tournament. Mixed emotions when this was announced, I've got to admit, because there was potential, I thought, for 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 more from this. But still, you look at, I mean, mostly semi-final setups. But even you know the Kingston Archer and the right hand side of the bracket looks fine, basically. Mm. And, you know, uh, this is coming after. Orange Cassidy powerhouse hops. We don't know what's happened there. We do. Orange Cassidy's. One would assume, yeah, it's going to be Cassidy versus Moxley on that side of the bracket. 
But yeah, how did you feel when it was first announced, first of all? Um, right, so it, it was two things, and they can both, co- <laughs> unlike WWE wrestlers, they can coexist. <laughs> the first thing was, uh, AW, I don't think this is a hot take, AW takes its rankings really seriously, to the point where it almost like unnaturally builds acts on Dark and Dark Elevation, and then the match feels a bit out of blue when it happens on Rampage and Dynamite or the pay-per-view. It's like when they were talking about, like, I love him, but Seidel's record, and I was like, when's he won all these matches? Yeah, like the, the, the Gun Club's record. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Um, yeah, so the rankings, but they, they matter. Wins and losses matter. Rankings matter. It's all good. I don't like it being a stick to beat AEW with because, for the most part, they adhere to it, and it's great. But it is weird when um, 10 gets in the tournament or Dustin Rhodes gets in the tournament or whatever. So it it warrants a bit of critical analysis yeah. of like oh you can come on guys like if if you were going to do this because i trust the process immensely and this tournament's been on the whiteboard for a few months get 10 and dustin Rhodes to get more wins so that it's tight you know so if people want to pick it they can't because you've closed all those loopholes mm. bit disappointing uh, but these things are going to happen and you've just got to you just got to hope that in the end it works out and this is the second part of my point is that i think it's going to work out absolutely magnificently so everybody has of course looked at the Moxley-Danielson final, which is a perfect final because the Moxley heel turn, which we have forecast for several months, Mm -hmm. is finally feeling like something they're ready to pull the trigger on, even though he's been working that for the longest time. That match is going to rule for all of those reasons. Like Moxley not giving a toss about the romance of this Brian Danielson run, about just wanting his title back. That's all Moxley wants, and he's ready to fight people and kill people to do it. So that's, and the match is going to bang, isn't it? Like, it's just going to be a fantastic match. So it's great that that's there and you can map how they get there and things like that. Moxley had that match with 10. Was it during the Brody Lee feud where he injured him? Maybe, yeah. I, 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 I could be misremembering, but I feel like there is there is Moxley and 10 previous. So that's quite a nice callback. The Dark Order are fully fledged baby faces. So Moxley's kind of a dick to be doing this to a nice guy. Preston Vance, isn't he? Mm. And he's, he's going to do it. He's going to be horrible. To, just like he was horrible to Willie Uter, he's going to be horrible to Preston Vance. It, it's, you know, establishes him more as a bad guy. Uh, he's going to be horrible to Orange Cassidy. He's going to beat him. It's going to be a nasty run through the bracket for John Moxley. So there you go. I'm more interested in Danielson versus Dustin Rhodes. This is going to be a great match. This is going to be this awesome clash of ages, clash of styles, things that they're both going to... Quite a good match with Minoru Suzuki. I'm not sure anyone's mentioned this last week. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's all made the rounds headline-wise. So I, was, <laughs> I, I was able to luckily catch this one. The, with a free 20 minutes. Decent. The best match I've watched on YouTube this week. Decent, I would say. I would say the best match on YouTube since WCPW was in its pump. Quite right, quite um, right. It, yeah, it was, I mean, it was unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I think Brian Donaldson versus Dustin Rhodes should be really, really great. But what I'm interested in is something they've done with Dustin Rhodes in the past, which they do really, really well. And it is astonishing how well they hide this, considering that, what's his second name? Brian Donaldson is going to beat Dustin Rhodes. And who in the middle of a story in which his life is changing, is going to quietly seethe about that. Cody Rhodes. Yep. This becomes the first seed planted in a Brian Danielson, Cody Rhodes program, at very least to culminate in an awesome TV main event, Dynamite or Rampage. Who isn't interested in Cody versus Brian? That's going to be absolutely fantastic. It's going to be super heated. Everybody hates Cody now. The respond, like the crowd are just going to roar for Brian Danielson to kick Cody Rhodes' head in. Who would have ever thought that on an AEW show? Imagine if eventually, and this is way, way, way off, Danielson's champion and Cody goes, I'll challenge for the title now. Yeah. What? Well, I thought you said you weren't going to. 
Ah, yeah, but uh, I'm the authority, so yeah. I'll probably be doing that. I'm in a suit, mate. Not the bloody authority again. You haven't even got something on your T-shirt, and it's a T-shirt company. Yeah. Like, I've got a full suit. I burnt a suit. Yeah? Oh, that's <laughs> that for the environment. So This has happened, and this is what's so inspired about this company. This has happened a minimum of three times, right? And in those previous occasions, Cody was the baby face. They can tell an identical story with him as a heel, because Lance Archer battered Dustin Rhodes in a tournament, and Cody was like, I'm going to have to take... You understand that that's my brother, <laughs> and I'm going to have to destroy you for this. The Dark Order battered Dustin Rhodes in various different iterations, and Cody went for... You know, him and Brody had that thing, and now we've had it with Malachi Black, where he's had to avenge him. They do this, and they just hide it, and they're both called Rhodes. It's the, and, <laughs> and they're doing it again, yeah. and it feels different because Brian's a babyface, and you think, oh, there's going to... Like, this is the thing. I could foresee Brian kicking Dustin's head in, and then them shaking hands at the end. And then when Cody does snap at him one day, Dustin's going to be like, what are you doing? We shook hands, it's fine. It's like, oh, so when I was in that gym and you were telling me to toughen up and telling me to get serious, and now you don't like it that I'm toughening up and getting serious because you like Brian Danielson and you shook hands. Like, it's going to be great. It's going to be brilliant. It is going to be great. I'd say the hardest quarterfinal to call is the other, uh, the same side on this, but the, the other, other bit of this semifinal bracket. Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer, because you think, okay, well, by... Traditional wrestling rules, it'll be Eddie King's, uh, it'll be, sorry, it'll be Lance Archer versus Brian Danielson, because then you've got this killer who wants to chuck him all over the place versus Brian Danielson and, you know, against the odds, et cetera, et cetera. And yet, it's a mouthwatering prospect either way. I love Lance Archer. I think he's really rediscovered some form uh, when he won that, was it IWGP US Championship? Yeah. I thought that yeah. was a, a real uh, renaissance, let's say, for him. And yet, even though they're, they're both baby faces and beloved by the crowd, Kingston versus Danielson. It's just a, it's just a, no wonder he can take a notepad to a football game and just get distracted, fantasy booking his own, <laughs> his own promotion that he literally happens to have. Because this is just a, it's a warehouse of dream matches. They are stacked higher than WWE's roster was in 2019. Uh, like, it just, there are so many combinations of wrestlers, this being another one. And what I love about Eddie Kingston versus Brian Danielson is that Kingston can have uh, one of his, like, All Japan, I don't want to call it cosplay, but like an All Japan tribute match that he loves having. Yeah. Danielson will be bang game, bang into that. It's going to be really, really good. It's going to be one of the best matches Kingston will have in AEW. And yet, they're going to, him and Moxley are going to be backstage together doing one of their, like, best mates promos where Kingston's going to be saying, look, Danielson, I respect you, but this is about the title. And Moxley's just going to shoot him a look. His neck's going to sharply when Kingston says he's aspiring to win the title. Oh, you forgot who else is in the tournament. Like, <laughs> he's not going to say it, but his eyes are. And that's going to be this little moment of drama, is that Kingston's going to be thinking, like, he's almost going to be like the like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Brian, I know it's going to be tough, but I want to beat you because Ruth is still waiting for a title. And this means more to me than any, like, you've tasted it. I've seen you be at the top of the mountain. I've never got there. Like... I know you can bring it, but I'm going to bring it harder on the night because nothing means more to me than the AEW title. And how much is that going to eat up John Mox? And it's not going to matter right now because Danielson's going to beat him. But just that little moment where Mox, how dare you think you're winning this? Like, have you not, do you not understand how this dynamic works? And that's how you kind of like pull at their frame yeah. ends and things. Like that. I, I love that so much. I love, I love that Kingston is allowed to aspire to win a belt that John Moxley is ready to fight the world for. Such like, and this is why this tournament is really cool because it's thrown up all these awesome combinations. I think the criticism is entirely justified. 
But Archer at Kingston as well has the chance mm. to be a bit of a low-key banger on this show because all eyes will be on Rhodes and Black and Danielson and, and Rhodes, obviously. And these two just beat the crap out of each other. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe this is just me. I'm kind of... You know, every now and then, an AEW is really good for, and this is the worst weekend to say this because you've got like a sequel on Dynamite and you've got a trilogy match on, sorry, a sequel match on Rampage and a yeah. trilogy match on Dynamite. It's not the weekend to say this, but AEW has been really cool with three matches. Right? <laughs> is it me or does it feel like Eddie Kingston and Lance Archer have wrestled each other about 100 times in various different combinations? Yeah, yeah. I feel like even before the um, Suzuki gun, Moxley and Archer stuff, Weren't they kind of overlapping when you nearly had Archer versus Pac? Yeah. And Kingston was still hanging out with um, the Lucha Brothers yeah, and the yeah, Death yeah. Triangle. And it just, I feel like I've had this quite a lot. And it's fine because I think, as you say, it's going to be this festival of violence and it's going to put the tournament over and it's going to be fun for the live crowd. It's, especially because I'm assuming Kingston's going to win, it does feel a little bit like a formality, this. What I will say is that a tournament is as good as way as any to wrap up a feud. Yes. When Kingston beats Archer, you can absolutely say, he's done now. Part ways and going to do something yeah. else. Uh, finally, uh, we've got more developments with American top team, Dam Lambert, uh, promising, I believe, uh, on this Dynamite to reveal the demands, stipulations, whatever they want to call it. Basically, you know, Jericho's not done with uh, the men of the year and American top team, Dan Lambert, Jorge Mazadol, uh, JDS, etc., etc. But, in Dan Lambert's eyes, we beat you, done and dusted. You know, I think everyone's saying this at the moment, but Paige Van Zandt deserves a hell of a amount of credit as well. I think she's she's been one of the stars of mm. this whole thing yep. as well. You've got Sammy Guevara, TNT champion, and the implication was, slightly worrying TNA implication was, the champions have got a lot of power, a lot of, a lot of sway in this company, and he's going to make some sort of demand of Sammy if they want another match with them in a year. What do you think those demands are going to be and... and are you at all concerned by this? Because this has been a, a bit wild, let's say, the uh, Inner Circle ATT feud. I'm not terribly concerned because I'm a sports entertainment hack at heart <laughs> and I will tolerate a bit of nonsense when it's hot and Christ is this angle hot. Like, it goes down. I'm not a fan of Jericho's dated, tired verbiage, but it goes down amazingly well. I've been a proponent of Dan Lambert. Like, yeah going back probably when the few times we've been allowed to talk about, like, uh, can you even imagine this podcast now? Who should WWE sign off the Impact roster and it extend beyond two people? You know, like, <laughs> the, but like, Dan Lambert's just one of the sole reasons that it was worth watching Impact in some doldrum years in the, in the mid-2010s. So awesome. Stuff with Bobby Lashley and like American Top Team is way worth going out and checking out on YouTube. He's he's a natural at this and I'm not at all surprised that they managed to like create this furnace-like atmosphere. Um I wish it wasn't on some of the content that they've leaned upon, but nonetheless, the heat is remarkable. So I can kind of, I'm okay with, I guess what you're inferring is perhaps a five-on-five five where Sammy's title's on the line and the prospect of an, a Jericho loss is him losing his protégé's belt mm. and the kind of the emotional heft of that. The Sammy's only just won this big belt and now Scorpio Sky's got it and he didn't even, he pins Jericho to win it. Yeah. That's the whole thing, isn't it? Scorpio's got this record against Jericho. He's got Jericho's number. He pins Chris Jericho and Sammy's lost his belt. And that's somewhere to go, isn't it? Um, and it feels like that's what they're going to do. It feels like everything was being set up. Those were the way the pieces are moving. A five on five at the full gear. I'm going to say something that myself and Sidgwick and Murray were discussing over the virtual desks. And this was a point Sidgwick made that I'd not really thought about. But he was saying, like, in as many words, 
full gear doesn't feel super hot yet. You look at the matches that you could speculate on, the Bucks and the Jurassics, Cole versus Christian, Moxley Danielson and Paige Omega will be mm. both really awesome. But like those matches there, like the fact that we've seen a lot more like trio and tag variants of these matches that kind of do need to be pay off. Uh, the Lucha Brothers versus Team TBC, probably FTR, but their matches haven't like lit the world. It's it's not <laughs> to paraphrase Hogan in the Dungeon of Doom. It's not hard. <laughs> yeah, like the, the big stuff is really awesome, but the undercard is lacking. Like, do you just cash out and go blood and guts too, Oof. and do American Ooh. Top Team because they're in a cage? Yeah, like, you losers lost in that cage before, and you didn't even take on real cage fighters. We are those people. We are this clear and present danger fear. Sammy's title's on the line. Jericho gets pinned. You have all this thing. In the meantime, with just a couple of weeks to go, with Jericho, we assume, soon set to go and talk. I mean, he's coming to Newcastle in December, so he's got to get on the road sooner or later. Like, going to be going back on tour. So you're going to have to, like, lift Chris Jericho off television. I want Dan Lambert, because he's mentioned this a couple of times in promos, to host a... Fuzzy record burning. <laughs> I want a pile of fuzzy records, like when John Lennon said the Beatles were bigger than God, and you had the religious zealots out there setting fire to the mountain of records. I want a mountain of fuzzy records, <laughs> either a record burning or a book burning, because I'm assuming it's like the end of series two with Alan Partridge, and a few of them Jericho ones have been going getting off to get pulped because he wasn't allowed to sell them on Amazon, and he was only allowed to promote it through Dynamite. <laughs> so we had that the labors of Jericho, so they could put that little graphic up there. If you want to see what else Jericho's done in his career, buy this fifty dollar book, like a book pulping, like that Dan Lambert has orchestrated, or a record burning. He or drinks like it; it's better than a champagne. Yeah, yeah, um, just something like that to tee up something as heated. As blood and guts. But yes, I am actually okay with Jericho taking the pin for Sammy to lose his title, mm. but I appreciate why purists might be a little bit concerned that that's AEW leaning a little too hard into sports entertainment. You know what's leaning harder into sports entertainment? The fact that you can't do an interview backstage without getting decked. It is ludicrous. I'm glad CM Punk called it out because it's taking the piss. Yeah, there was a bat like, spate of them recently. In no, like find better ways. And especially in the women's division, like that's the go-to woman's angle, isn't it? Like, nice try, woman, having in it. Nice try, woman, getting extra TV time. You're getting decked. <laughs> what does that say? <laughs> yeah. But a hell of a development in this uh, Men of the Year uh, ATT Inner Circle feud, which, like you say, has gone from something that we were like, oh, I'm not sure about this, to, yeah, one of the biggest things in AEW right now. Yeah, I, it's so hot. It's such a, um, It's such a valuable thing because if it wasn't as popular with the crowds as it would be, it would feel awkward. Mm. It, to mention something that you sort of said before, it would have a little bit of that Cody Agogo stuff when it felt like it was going off the rails a bit and we were all a bit... Uh, but you can't deny no. this feud because of this. All right. um, find a baby face for Paige Van Zandt. Ooh, yeah. And it, she doesn't need to wait. Paige Van Zandt can destroy her. But find a baby face in a circle associate. I'm racking my brains. Blue was what was her name? Cora Blue. No, that's Cora Jade. I'm thinking Cora of <laughs> Sky Blue. Sky Blue. Yes. yes. Um, go back through. They're really good at this. Remember how Hooventude Guerrero was somebody that they were in reference in 2019. Go back through the archives. Try and find anything you can where the inner circle have associated with a woman. Somebody, our awesome listenership will no doubt tweet us yeah, after this. Yeah. Whether I've remembered a time where Proud and Powerful have had a backstage chat with somebody, but whatever. Um, it's not like I'm already something in this hometown. Anyway, Pammy. Paige Van Zandt destroys Pammy. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. Breaks Pammy's arm. <gasps> Breaks Pammy's arm. And, like, she's got her wedding photos in a sling. Oh, don't do this. But, anyway, yeah. Find, like, if, if somebody on the female side of the roster who's had some loose association with the inner circle. 
been lining her up for Paige Van Zandt because um, as much as I love, love to see Chris Jericho getting absolutely destroyed by Paige Van Zandt, we know that his ego is this move and it's not going to happen. So find a woman and make an angle out of it. Love it. Well, let us know your thoughts ahead of AEW Dynamite tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWW. Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. The ups and downs for Rampage and SmackDown will be coming out in just a few hours' time. And then on Monday, we'll be reviewing all of the shows, Rampage, SmackDown, and AEW Dynamite with the Dadley Boys. So if you subscribe, as soon as those podcasts come out, they will drop into your feed. But for now, this has been the AEW Dynamite preview. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.